Star Wars fans, welcome to another edition of Rule the Galaxy. My name is Nick Shesky. I'm a co-host uh, normally on the show, filling in for our fearless leader, Joe Molinero, who is out tonight. But I promise you this, uh, this is going to be an awesome show. And if you don't like this week, man, Joe will be back on next week and go listen to him. And if you like this week, then man, you're going to be so surprised how good it is next week when you tune back in. <laughs> Check it out. Um, excited to talk some Star Wars tonight. We got a great panel of hosts, a lot, lot, lot to talk about. So I'll get out of the way. Let's introduce some of our normal reoccurring co-hosts. Uh, since the little Zoom square is lighting up on him, Brent Dykeman, how are you, buddy? It must have been because I was jostling and moving around. Um, so I just I'm gonna start off with something that's not the greatest, but I'm gonna I have to feel like I have to address it, but that's just the only time I'm gonna say it. Uh, it's okay to like a character to like or not like a character, but it's not okay to treat people and use language that's offensive. That if I I feel like if I don't address it and if I don't say it, then I'm allowing it to happen as well. And everybody has said their piece, but that's the way that I feel. And so I will start with that. And then I don't really real want to bring it back up. Yeah, I like that, Brent. I think that sets a good precedent for us moving into what we're doing. So moving on, Alfie, make sure that we keep it PG tonight on this podcast, please. I'll do my best, but no guarantees. How you doing? Doing good, man. Loving this Kenobi show. I hate to realizing that it's halfway over now. I know that's so depressing. I watched the I watched it today and sat back and a little part of me was like, oh no, it's like I'm running out of really good whiskey and it's all gone and it's just a memory yeah. now. Uh, Mr. D Doc, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I actually woke up at six o'clock this morning and watched <laughs> uh, Kenobi. And honestly, I brought uh, coffee up to my wife and she was like, "What the hell are you doing?" I was like, <laughs> "I'm watching Kenobi downstairs. I'm not a morning person." That's how much I'm enjoying the show. So, wow, let's go. How's that little baby? Doing great. She was actually uh, sleeping right before I came down here. So, she's been doing good. She's been sleeping good. I've been sleeping good. I don't have to feed her right now. So, Man, let's go. <laughs> well, hey, fingers crossed that the baby stays down for you, baby stays down for me. And since we're talking about babies, uh, we have a special guest with us tonight who's been on previous episodes that we've done. Uh, regarding the Clone Wars and the Clone Wars Chronicles. Uh, but as we were putting the panel together, reached out to him, said, hey, come on, jump in. Uh, my roommate from college, Sam Caldwell, uh, who has been rolling on uh, Rule the Galaxy for a while now. Sam, so glad to have you. How the heck are you, dude? And I said, I realized I said, speaking of babies, and I didn't give any context, you just had a baby. So tell us about your world and what's I'm, going on with you. I'm the baby. That's why you invited <laughs> me. I'm the baby <laughs> Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I tried to watch Kenobi this morning, but ended up falling asleep. I was up at about three, you know, uh, 
he's, he's doesn't like to sleep in his at, at night so much unless he's held. So uh, not getting a ton of sleep, but school year is over for me, and I'm just I'm glad Kenobi's here and just glad to be watching Star Wars. Two days after we got home, I was like, all right, Phantom Menace, here we go, little guy. Welcome to the welcome to the world. That's awesome. It's been, it's been I, great ever since. I feel you, man. We D Doc Sam, we we should get a text going because it sounds like all of us at some point this morning were watching it with either a baby in our arms or almost falling asleep. I was up at six this morning with my kid on my chest because he wouldn't sleep watching it and trying to engage, but also keep him happy. So, man, hey, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Great show. Before we jump into Kenobi, which I know is what we're here to talk about, specifically Kenobi three, which came out this morning um in the, in the wee hours of the morning we would be remiss if we didn't stop to talk about celebration that just wrapped up this last weekend now none of us were at celebration but i know from the group chat we were all patiently fervently watching our twitter feeds hoping to see something that would come and there's been a ton that came out of celebration um some that were more excited about than others and and i understand we could do a whole episode tonight just on individual things like we could do one on Andor and we could do one on Fallen Order but um, what I would love to do just even with us as a crew here is just talk about what were some of the highlights of what you saw coming out of um, some of the highlights you saw coming out of Celebration what's got you pumped up and excited and kind of sitting on the edge of your seat Brent I just want you guys didn't get the live stream links. I mean, I was like watching live streams of the celebration. I know that that was a uh, an area of contention for a lot of people that they really didn't live stream it. Because <coughs> I mean, that would have been nice. Uh, what I'm excited about, uh, finally got Andor. And I really enjoyed the preview for Andor. Um, Mon Mothma's um, smoking. She's a smoke show in the, her early days. Um, I really liked what they were doing with the, uh, the Imperials and the way the Imperials looked, especially in that like clean white room. Um, so that was the one. And then the, there was a couple that took me by surprise. The, probably the biggest surprise was the Jude Law special um, or cartoon. I, I don't know exactly all what's going on, but that one has me the most intrigued. That one's the Skeleton Crew, right? Right. Yeah, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yep. Alpha, you know anything about Skeleton Crew? Absolutely nothing. Other than haven't, Jude Law? Yeah. I've heard I about him being in a Star Wars project for a few months now, but that's the first time I've heard a title and I've read nothing what it's supposed to be about. Right. I thought it was supposed to be like kids, right? Like, isn't it yep. like a kid's? Go no. ahead, D-Doc. <laughs> I, I read that it was kids, uh, kids like lost in the galaxy after uh, Return of the Jedi. Um uh, it takes place between right after that time period. And to me, it honestly sounds like it's going to be the Star Wars version of Stranger Things from the synopsis that I read about it. Hmm. The synopsis you just gave made it sound like it was Star Wars Lost in Space. And we're just bouncing from thing to thing to thing. Brent, you, you mentioned something that I think would be interesting to talk about that they haven't done, in, from what I understand, in previous celebrations. Security was like crazy this year right like i saw in the group chat that they were talking about there were people patrolling the aisles like kicking people out if you were filming anything yes i read that quite a bit like and you're just out for the rest of like are there did you read anything about like i would be so pissed if i had just like 
spent all this money to get to Anaheim, go to celebration. Yeah, Brent. Yeah, sure. You can be angry, but I guarantee you they were clear and explicit that no pictures and video to be taken. Mm. And you're breaking that rule. So you deserve to get your phone taken. You deserve to be kicked out because you were told explicitly not to do it. Yeah. But now we're sitting here on the backside of celebration, hearing all this stuff about a great Ahsoka trailer, hearing this stuff about, you know, all these kind of things waiting in limbo. I don't have time to go to Anaheim and go <laughs> hang out. I barely had time to go to the I triple C, excuse me, the ICCC, which they don't yeah, want to be called the triple C, but uh, I don't have time to go do that. I'm I'm banking on, you know, some 14-year-old that goes to Anaheim to videotape it on his phone and put it on the internet so that Alfie can send it to me. Exactly. That's what I'm banking <laughs> on. I was real, it was real funny watching some of the, the the previews on Twitter. I think we were watching Mando season three, and I was watching it with my wife, and she's like, Why is it only half a screen? He needs to move his <laughs> camera up. I'm like, he's not supposed to be doing this right now. <laughs> he's taking more for the team. This is like bootlegging <laughs> videos from India. Oh, yeah. Be grateful for what you've got. <laughs> yeah, I'll Brent. watch him. I'll watch him. But at the same time, like you were told. So I have no love loss for the people that broke the rules and got caught because I'm sure there was others that didn't get caught. You'll just benefit right? from their risk is what right. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, wouldn't it be out. better publicity in marketing, you know, getting it out there to have it in full HD, 4K, available for people to watch rather than half of the screen and somebody's knee the whole time <laughs> yeah what are we doing right so. now though what are we doing right now talking about the preview and the trailer like obviously <laughs> i haven't seen we haven't seen it but we're still talking about it so it still got out there the message Granted, still but was... we'd be talking about it a lot yeah. more if I we could you. see the whole thing the duck i i think the thing that made it worse is they were like stay tuned guys we're gonna live tweet everything that's happening from the star wars account and they're just like pedro pascal just walked on stage john favreau and dave Filoni <laughs> are on stage now the child is out rosario dawson is there and you're just like i wish i could see this happening you know and then they're just like we're showing a teaser trailer for mando season three right now sorry you're not here you're not allowed to see it but just wait for the live show later while where we'll give you an abbreviated version of shorter interviews with these guests like i don't know it's fear of missing out you 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 know it's you just wish you could see it I, I they didn't just get one either they got two there's two mando yeah. trailers what yeah there's two mando trailers two bad batch trailers an ahsoka trailer and tales of the jedi goodness gracious man well we have a lot to look forward to i guess you you mentioned a couple shows right there alfie what what is um flicking your bick right now Okay, flicking my pick right now. If you got a chance to see the second Mando trailer, there is a shot of a full squad of Mandos in a drop ship, and the bottom opens, and they all ignite their jetpacks and dive out the bottom. You talk about getting me fired up. That's that's it right there. Okay. Come on. So Mando season three is like the big get me to that. Let's see it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, with any trailer that could be you know five seconds you know the the mando army could be half of an episode or something but still that's what's got me fired up for mando season three right are did your kids get excited about any of it we couldn't really watch anything because as soon as you could find it it gets taken down i mean we're a week 
past it. And I was just on a site today and watched it get taken down again. Disney, man. Disney, what are you going to do? Disney. D-Doc, what's got you excited? Uh, I'm excited for uh, the Jedi uh, Survivor game. Uh, I oh, love man. the Fallen Order game. And uh, I, I, I was reading about it a bit, and people were pointing out the fact that they made Cal Kestis look a lot more like the actor who plays him like a lot more realistic i do know it's only going to be on next gen consoles so if you have the original 360 you gotta upgrade to the series s or the x or the ps5 it's only going to be on next gen but i mean i I, that's one of my that was one of my surprise favorite star wars games of all time i can't wait for that story to continue i agree which is worth i think dovetailing and sitting on for a second and sam i know you played this game a ton as well and you know we nerded about that there was a part in that trailer at the very end where you see somebody suspended in what looks to be a back to tank could be the tank from the bad batch like the cloning thing who's in the tank come on we got we got to talk about this i don't know man but i'm excited to find out sam i had no idea i was thinking this i was hoping to ask i who could it be how, how, long after, how long after how long after the first game does it take place? They say I don't know. I think I read that it's actually years? yeah, five years. And that lines it up to the Kenobi, Kenobi timeline yeah. right now, doesn't it? Goodness I gracious, just, man. I think so, because I was reading that basically Kenobi solo in Fallen Order 2 were all in like the same year. Right. I'm I'm really hoping that whoever it's in, they do like one of my favorite things they, that Disney is doing right now, which I can't believe I just said that. But one of my favorite things that Star Wars is doing right now is the deep dive into legends on some stuff, which we'll talk about later, specifically with Kenobi and bringing stuff back and making it canon in a fresh way where they're doing it. I think of just, you know, years of comic books where there's, you know, rogue Jedi that have been. There, I think of one comic book in particular, I don't know why I can't remember now, but it was in like the Clone Wars Legacy Dark Horse comics. But it was like, it starts with Obi-Wan crash landing his ship back at the uh, Jedi Temple and they all come running in and they're like, what happened? And then he tells them the story of how I went off with these like five or six gray Jedi to go and, you know, essentially blow up this droid factory on this planet. And they all died except for me and they sacrificed themselves to get me out. I think the world is so expansive of Star Wars with Jedi. I'm going to take a page out of Brent Dykeman's book. While I hope it's somebody new, I would love it if it was somebody that was so obscure from Legends that they throw it in that it doesn't matter if you read Legends or not. You're like, man, this could be a cool new favorite Jedi. And I'm hoping that they show up in that and that plays some part of more future games because I agree that game is phenomenal. Sam, what's getting you excited coming out of Celebration? Stuff you saw, stuff you read. Well, outside of all this, but I mean, Mando is a big one, uh, but I'm excited for Vision season two. Just going to leave it on that. Mm-hmm. I was excited that came back. You know, I I don't get like, not a big like social media presence. So my excitement levels contained to like, you know, my wife and my neighbors who don't care, but I, I loved, and, and Nick, you know, when I text me from that, I loved Visions. I was excited to see it come back. And it's like the one, it's kind of like the one like set apart place right now that's like, hey, if, if you're watching it, you pretty much you know, love it and enjoy it. And that's all there is to it right now. So excited to see that come back. Do you want to see Tattooing Rhapsody part two? Do I? I mean, I would watch it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, it's just which ones like so the question is are they going to be completely new stories? oh like are they going to be yeah <clears throat> yeah it was i, got, I, got I actually, hope they're new stories i actually like the tattoon rhapsody because i'm too. weird at, right i thought it was fun right like it's it was it was nothing earth shattering it was fun but are they going to be completely new stories? Are they going to be part twos of each of the individuals or where are they going to go? Are they going to use different studios? Because didn't they go to like the nine top performing or the top yeah. highest level uh, anime studios? So are they going to go back to the same people? I Like, it's just, there's a lot of unknown with it. I'll watch it. Um, right. But you would think that maybe there would be at least two or three that they would do part twos of. Right. So like, yeah, with the, the amount Ronin of money one. they sunk, yeah, the amount of money they sunk into that Ronin book and all that stuff, I can see them doing that. If they do that, which I hadn't thought about that, Brent, until you brought that up, I would love to see the one, like an extension of the Master and the Apprentice that ran into like the old Sith Lord with the two lightsaber daggers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I would love to see because I feel like they they did such a good job with that one, and then it left you like hungry for more. There was another one where they went and <clears throat> they were recruited back to a place and they, she thought they were Jedi. They turned the out to be Jedi. Sith. That's what, yeah. That one, that one I think could get a second one as well. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Now, do I need to see like the Astro Boy one with the <laughs> Jedi boy that, you know, like the robot that's kind of a Jedi that, no, or the one where they're flying on top of the X-Wings in space? Maybe not, but Twins. that's, it's not for everybody, you know? It's not for me. So, Brent, what got me most excited, and I keep picking on you because the reoccurring thing is like, give me new, give me new, mm-hmm. give me new. Stop going right. back to the well, which I do agree. I feel like they've done some a lot of fan service recently. I thought that Andor trailer was stunning, like absolutely beautiful. The Clone Wars callbacks all throughout it. When I first heard they were doing Andor, I was like, but we know that he dies like we know that this is where this goes and then i thought we also know obi-wan kenobi dies but we're still all hype and we're watching that and so for me that was one of the biggest surprise moments of the of celebration was actually getting that and finding out that that's coming out in what august fall yeah. i think like august 31st maybe like right at yeah the start. august 31st it's, it's fall double episode also- on august 31st okay and 12 episodes good night that to me is is real exciting yeah brent um the other thing was there was a glimpse of live action clones phase two they were phase two because you can tell by the helmet they were phase two clones i know that from my game but they were phase two clones so andor is gonna kind of it's gonna be obviously i believe starting before order 66 and then going afterwards or right there in that transitional time because it's early empire right Man, that's fantastic. Okay, so here's another question I'm curious. So clear, So next year, Celebration is out in London. Um, I, I believe in the faith of this group that we have here. I also believe that a bunch of dudes flying from Indy and Philadelphia and Chicago to London together to go to Celebration is a long shot, but it's already got me pining for like what's coming next. Was there anything that they didn't reveal or release at Celebration that you wish that they had talked about? Yeah, Alfie. Any type of actual movie? <laughs> yes, elaborate. Well, I mean, is there a path to a feature film again? Uh, you know, 
in her big interview with the Kathleen Kennedy interview, she said that the Brian Johnson trilogy is still years away because he's too busy to do it. And that, you know, she's expecting a three to five year commitment out of anybody that signs on to Star Wars. So, uh, you know, we keep hearing things about a Kevin Feige movie, uh, the director of Thor, you know, he's supposed to have a movie, Patty Jenkins, you know, are we, when will we see Star Wars back in the cinema on the mm. big screen? Yeah, it's fair. Brent. I was just going to, the Taika Watiti and the, uh, who's the director of Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I think his is the most close from what I was reading. I think they said that was the closest one. And then the next one that would be in the hopper would be the Feige and or the, and, or the um, Rogue Squadron, if it's still even in production and or on the on the books, because there's been mixed reports about that as well. Right. I, I think they said the uh, Taika Waititi movie is like they're aiming for December of 23 on it, from what I heard. But did any of you guys also hear? Um, I, I know I read this quote. Uh, it was something along the lines of Kathleen Kennedy saying any movies that are going to be made are going to take place during the sequel trilogy timeline. Did any of you guys read that as well? I read that. Um, but what does that exactly mean? I mean, Mando is what timeline is he in, but does that affect any of the main movie timelines? I mean, saying it's during a certain timeline doesn't necessarily mean we're going to focus on Ray and Finn in any of the actual sequel characters. It's a big galaxy. Early on with Rogue Squadron, I believe the story that I early on, again, it's also possibly shelved, that that was the X-Wing fighter pilots were going to be taking place after in the sequel trilogy timeline. So it wasn't Rogue Squadron right. with Wedge Antilles. It was going to be the continuation of Rogue Squadron and what it has become. Hmm. So, yeah. I see. I'd be curious, you know, Alfie, on that, of like, what's the path back to movies? I know we've talked about it on the show before, but thinking through the lens of like, when Ryan Johnson says, you know, I'm too busy to do that, what director wants the smoke of having to go back? Like, it's it's Filoni and Favreau right now right. that are like the golden boys of Star Wars. And to try to, you know. And know. if you look at the industry right now, movies that come out are only getting a few days before they're you get the ability to stream them. So planning three to five years out is will there even be a, a cinema industry anymore you know with the big screen because why you know why would you want to spend a hundred dollars to take you know your kids to the movies when you could just wait five days and a lot of them are you know you can stream the day that they're released on hbo max and other platforms so it's not so, the same it's not the same <laughs> it's close enough no, they, uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I l watched Maverick and I went to IMAX and watched Maverick. And as I was leaving the theater, I said to myself, one, it's a fantastic movie. If you have time, go watch it. Um, if you're a fan of the original Top Gun, you're going to be a fan of this movie. But when I was leaving it internally, as I was walking out, it was like, there are some movies you have to experience in the theater because it is bigger it is 
you're focused on it. You, you are immersed into that world because of the sound and because of the screen. Now I have a decent sized television. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't, but it's still not the same. I like, just like DDoc said, like I get distracted. I go into the bathroom. I pause it. Like the dogs are rolling around. I'm focused solely on that movie during those two and a half hours or however long it's going to be. No, I completely agree with you. But my point is the industry is moving away from that. So who's to say if you make a map for five years in the future that there will still even be that theater presence. And I'm, I feel like the industry moved away for early COVID because of, and doing all of those releases for COVID. So it used to go, there were tons of movies, thousands of movies that went straight to DVD and you could rent them from your, like all of the horror movies basically never went to the theater. They went straight to DVD. And I feel like there's going to be thousands of movies that are going to go straight to streaming, but the big ones are going to stay in the theater because it's just that experience. And I think as long as there is a theater, I'm saying, but I'm thinking the public's going to bring it back. When I went to Maverick, it was a full theater. And this is week two of Maverick. Uh, it came out like, like week two in the IMAX. It was full. So it's yeah. holding numbers. It's getting, it's getting money. And I think people are pining for good movies in the theaters now. And they feel a little bit more comfortable going back. So I believe that they're not going to go straight to streaming like they did. Because yeah, they that. just don't make as much money. Yeah. To keep it short, too, like I won't drag this out too long. But I mean... I'm going to use the Batman as an example. I saw that in theaters and I really enjoyed it in theaters. Everybody I talked to who watched the Batman at home said it was too long. I got distracted. And where, when I was in theaters, I didn't feel that because I was in theater because the, the sound of the engine was so loud and everything. I mean, if you're going to release a star Wars movie, it's you got to sit there in the theater. You got to see the scroll on the screen. I mean, it's just, special movie theaters will never go out of business because i will mortgage my life to run the last freaking movie theater there is <laughs> i like <laughs> hopefully that my wife didn't hear me say that but i'm i'm pretty passionate <laughs> about it i mean there's something special to going and seeing it in the theater i mean i know you can make popcorn and sit on your couch but like i don't know it's just a it's an experience you know especially well, I, for star wars i completely agree don't take what i'm saying is that i don't like going to the theater no I, my point is just we our society is very fast moving and it's man banking on that theater being there in five years <laughs> we saw what happened to blockbuster it. yeah it didn't evolve man <laughs> there's something to it I, I i the first episode of kenobi for me was super choppy because my two-year-old wanted juice and i didn't get <laughs> the right kind or i didn't put enough in or i didn't get it fast enough for him and we melted and it was a, it was not as great of an experience if you had saw it in film. Sam Caldwell coming out of celebration. I know we talked about, um, I know we talked about visions. I know we talked about Andor. Was there anything that we didn't talk about that I'm forgetting that was released that is worth mentioning about celebration? I mean, I think like Bad Batch coming up. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's coming in the fall, right? Season two is coming in the fall. Yeah, and you're this a big fall. Omega guy, so Omega. Yeah, yeah, love, love, love Omega. Uh, yeah, I actually, you know, I, part of it, you know, with with all the news this last uh, week. I mean, I got a three week old at home. I like kind of forgot it was happening until you texted me the the Andor one. And I was trying to keep up with it. So, um, 
I watched the trailer and I just I thought it looked great. I I, I think that that show that the animation in it is unbelievable. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. I, I I don't have any like thoughts beyond that. Like I've got opinions or takes or anything, but uh, very interested to see where it goes. How they keep that story going. Yeah, me too. So we'll have to do a breakdown of that trailer, watch it back a couple of times, maybe come back for another Clone Wars Chronicle and we'll make something happen and, and merge it into, we do a bad, bad batch breakfast. If I can say that correctly, we'll do something <laughs> like that. So uh, we gathered here to talk about something more significant than Star Wars Celebration though. And that is possibly one of the greatest television shows that's ever existed. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Brent, you could scoff. Man, I'm sold out for this, man. It's I'm, a little early. I'm, I, it's not too early. I'm in, man. I drank the Kool-Aid. I've jumped in. I am I am all about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And our resident in-house encyclopedia, Alfie Molinero, went back through one and two of the series so far and found a ton of Easter eggs. Um, things that maybe you wouldn't catch the first time around. Alfie, talk to us, man. Tell us about okay. what you saw. I'm going to go through these pretty quick and they're not really in chronological order because I was bouncing around from thing to thing, but outside of Easter eggs, one thing that I really liked in the first episode, did anybody else catch the little fourth wall break there of Obi-Wan in the Jawa with the star Wars toys that were expensive and no longer in production that were hard to get. That's Just like funny. I missed that. Is that a pop shot at Hasbro? I don't know, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, did you notice that the Inquisitor's ships and their chairs are shaped like Vader's castle? Interesting. Okay. Uh, and this ties into episode three here. The planet, the Mapuzo, that's on the castle view screen that they're looking at and where they're supposed to, Obi-Wan and Leia are supposed to meet up. That is actually from the Alliance Intelligent Reports, which is a 1995 Star Wars RPG source See, book. this is what I'm freaking yep. talking about, Alfie. Like, back when Mando 2 came out and Moss Pelgos came out, mm -hmm. and anybody that played Old Republic was like, ah, oh, we know that. That's awesome. And anybody who didn't was like, that's so cool. I don't know why it's cool, but it's <laughs> awesome. That's, that's cool. Good catch, Alfie. Okay, the scene where Leia's in the tree watching the ships go by. Uh, the tri-fighter she mentions that was designed and appeared in the Rise of Skywalker, and it was a collaboration design with Doug Chang and Porsche. Uh, she says that it was Aquilian Rangers, and that was from the second draft of the Adventures of Starkiller script. It's a non-Jedi race who carried laser swords and could use the Force. Goodness gracious. The Mersan pirates that they were scouting for was from the 1979 Star Wars Marvel comics. Then was reused again in 2019 as a separatist group from a... I, I didn't write down the name of the role-playing game, but it's another Star Wars role-playing game. So Alfie Quick Boss, so like that that whole thing you're talking about mm -hmm. took place in like 20 seconds worth of dialogue and could kind of feel like a throwaway. Who right. is writing this? Like like I who don't... is who is bringing all these like hey there was a 1995 RPG game that was really great. We should reference that in the 
Who's doing this? Is this Filoni? Is this Fabro? I don't know because then, you know, uh, Leia's mother says that it's like raising a Glorag, which comes from a 1996 uh, Star Wars Adventure Journal, number 10. Uh, Leia says that she'd rather be digested by a jackal beast, and that is from a 2002 Power of the Jedi source book. They were a very vicious force sensitive animal let's see here keep going my daughter drew all in my notebook so i gotta skip ahead here okay uh, when obi-wan gets to dayu he asked for the signals and they said that dayu was based on hong kong and it was kind of like a little tongue-in-cheek reference there that they said all signals are blocked if you think about you know actually being in hong kong uh the spice of course, Kessel Pure comes from Kessel. Glitter Stem comes from webs of spice spiders from, and that's from, was mentioned a lot in the Knights of the Old Republic, uh, different video games, comics, but first mentioned was in 1993 in Han Solo in the Corporate Sector source book. Um, here. Oh, the uh, Bounty Hunter. The dinosaur bounty hunter was re was eating a rib outside of a restaurant that the Arabesh translated to Gungan snacks. So would that be a Cadu rib, which was also mentioned in Mando episode season two finale was on the menu in uh, when Mando and Boba Fett meet the other two uh, Mandalorians. And actually, you can buy that at Galaxy's Edge. Cadu ribs are served there. Um, we touched on it last episode about the Forlom series droid. His name is One Jack. Uh, Vader, when you see him in the back to tank, has the scar from Return of the Jedi. If you think back to when Luke takes his mask off, he does have that scar in the back to tank. We talked in our group chat about uh, the connection with Koron, the little boy that the uh, imposter Jedi. Could he be the uh, Jedi Master from the Rogue Squadron games? And it matches up. He's the right age. He was from Corellia, which he's on the show. He's going to Corellia. And his mother is Nishi, just like in the novels. And then the last thing was the dinosaur bounty hunter, which was kind of odd because we don't really see many dinosaur shaped creatures so the two closest i could find were either the siruk from the truce at bakura which was a 1993 novel or the tis shar which goes back to han solo at star's end in 1979 were the two different reptilian species i could find that look like dinosaurs all that packed into two episodes i feel like we should give you either a standing ovation or bring you up for air or do like i don't know what we should do but i'm sitting back here going that is amazing that one I, they had put all that in and two that you were able to dig up all that stuff how long did that take you it took a while it was a lot of googling and you know re-watching pausing uh watching with the subtitles on to get the names right and then just going through and finding you know a lot of things were mentioned a hundred times throughout star wars media but i always try to find the earliest one Man, you have uh, you have impressed us and dug yourself a grave because now I'm expecting this for the next <laughs> everything we ever watched Star Wars ever again. I'm expecting you to find all the Easter eggs and 
and do that. Man, that is fantastic. For those of you listening, well, thank you. Alfie Molinero, make sure you follow him on Twitter because he's full of these nuggets <laughs> all, all over the place. Um, okay, we're here to talk episode three of this. And as opposed to going chronological, we can do some of that and hit on some different stuff. I think one of my favorite parts about what we do on this show is we go, man, did you, it, it's, it's a little Chris Farley-ish, but it's like, hey, remember that time? that you pulled out your lightsaber and did it. Like that was, did you really do that? Like, I, I like being able to jump around and do a little bit of that and talk about what you love and what you liked. And and maybe I'll I'll just kick it off with, you know, I thought the end of episode two, where she tells Anakin, or she tells that, hey, Anakin is alive. And to start with him again, contemplating all that was just, my, my favorite part of this show so far has been the, the tortured soul Obi-Wan Kenobi character that we were hoping we were going to get broken kind of shell of a man. It's like master acting that he's doing right now in this. And it just keeps getting finer and finer and finer every episode. D-Doc, you're shaking your head. Oh, I'm muted. Um, I pretty much, uh, I pretty much agree with you. I mean, I remember reading a quote from Deborah Chow saying this is almost like a, uh, logan style story and i'm seeing that put together now because it's obi-wan and little princess leia which i keep saying that leia is the grogu of this show i just did not expect you know three episodes of leia when you didn't even really see her in any of the trailers or anything so i mean today was today i mean was the banger that just hooked you in in my opinion all right that's good and good use of the word banger there too uh our, our crew is happy about that. Alfie. One thing that has really surprised me about the show and to uh, compound on what DDoc's saying here, I have been really pleasantly surprised with the interaction between Obi-Wan and the young, the actress that's playing young Leia. I think it's just been a very well done. There's a lot of emotion, you know, that scene when they're, uh, on the the cargo transport there and she says you know you knew my mother didn't you you know the fact that she was able to put this together you know man that was that was a little gut-wrenching right there we thought you know last episode him saying that she reminded of somebody was emotional but to me that was just even better yeah i agree with that Alfie. especially the the beautiful surprise in this for me was like i came into this thinking man, he's going to be tortured over Anakin and, you know, I failed him, I failed Anakin. But the payoff of what you saw in Revenge of the Sith where he goes to Padme's apartment and, you know, he empathizes with her. He's like, I'm so sorry, you know, kind of thing. And then he's with her when she dies. I, I don't know why my brain wasn't even thinking about the connection that the two of them would have had. And now you have this mini, you know, sassy Padme Amidala 2.0 that he's with all the time. Like the the sheer torture of that has been really interesting to watch unfold and unvelop. And part of the reason why that first opening scene was so good too, is we're cutting back and forth between Darth Vader being reassembled in the back to tank, which is just awesome. What else? Other thoughts, things you like, things you saw Brent. Okay. So I'll, I'll keep this one out. Um, I was shocked by the voice of the transport driver. I did not expect that voice from that creature. No, I honestly not at all. was like, 
what really that's his voice <laughs> i was expecting something completely different it's like when you're talking to somebody and they have this real deep voice and you didn't expect it or somebody with a high like it's it was not matching what i envisioned him to have as a voice that's i'll start throw that one out there I thought it was Seth Rogen. I, I looked it up today because that's who I thought it was. He just like, ha, ha, come on in, guys. Like, you know, I'm like, that's <laughs> Seth Rogen's voice. But it was um, Zach Brash. The guy, yeah, Zach Brash. I'm like, that's, that's wild. Yeah. Really? <laughs> that's hilarious. I didn't, I didn't realize that. It, it sounded a little Midwest, if you ask me. Like, oh, yep, come on in. Oh, oh, yeah. Man, that's good. That's good. Sam, what what stuck out to you? Well, I mean, if if we haven't touched on it already, I think Darth Vader's presence in this episode was just. I mean, you, you talk about Kenobi and how like it's it's fascinating and heartbreaking, honestly, to see him in this like midpoint between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. But to see Darth Vader too, like at the peak of his like evilness when he was walking through the town, just like choking people out snapping necks you know you don't really you don't really get that from the movies you know you have revenge of the sith where he starts and then a new hope and he's kind of hey he, he is you know evil and then gets better throughout that and i know in rogue one at the end they you know there's the the hallway scene that everybody loves and it's awesome but it's like this is like smack dab in the middle like uh, it's slow meticulous uh and it just it just added an air of like I didn't know how they were gonna bring him in. I really didn't. I I mean I'm drinking the Kool Aid too because I just I just love Star Wars and I think this has been an awesome show so far. But to to see that was really really made it like oh this is this is real. I don't know what's gonna happen, but yeah. So my question my question that I as you said that I think everybody who watched it is gonna say that the Vader scenes, but what Vader image quotes scene really stood out so you were saying walking down the street choking people out did anything else jump out to anybody from the vader like all of the vader stuff yeah go ahead alfie uh him force choking kenobi and then dragging him through the fire Uh, that that was a little harsh right there there's not a whole (laughs) lot of love between these two i'll make you you suffer like I suffered or something like Man. I don't yeah. know the exact quote was like something of that or in that world now you suffer now yeah. you will suffer now yeah. we'll suffer did you did anybody like have a have a flash moment of like wait what's happening right now like does that that like like I I'm watching that happen thinking like his face is gonna burn off like what are like he's not disfigured <laughs> or dismembered in the in my mind I'm like maybe this is how he gets his gray hair because he gets like you know pulled I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to rationalize in my brain going, this isn't how it's supposed to happen. What is, what, what's going on right now? That was, that was a good one out there. It, it wasn't. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, it wasn't until the, until the episode was over that I didn't quite believe it wasn't like in his head. Like I thought he was like envisioning. Yeah. Like, Vader coming after wow. him. I, I, I yeah. had that kind of in my head. Like, is this just a, a like a fear? Kind yeah. Of, a fear dream, like a forced yeah. dream. I do have one that, and I'm going off, but I do not want to forget to bring it up. And I know I wrote it down today and I will. When, when that guy, what was his name? Uh, Freck on the transport, the, the rat looking guy. I think that was his name. Either way, Leia says, 
hi, I'm Lola. Aren't you going to say hello, father? And then Kenobi goes, hello. I, I thought that was going to be the hello there moment. I was waiting I, for it. That, that's I was like, right when I heard her say, aren't you going to say hello, father? I'm like, here it comes. Hello there. Hello there. But nope, did not happen. <laughs> Did any, you guys, did any of you guys uh, think that at that point? I mean, we got to hear did. a hello there at one point. Yeah, I thought it was coming. Brent, you're shaking your head. <laughs> no, I, it was not in my, it was nowhere in my thought process when she said that. Like, I, like, I get where you're coming from now that you say it. Yeah, that would be, but no. I, and also, I'm going to go to in-universe explanation for it. He's not the same guy. He's not the guy that says hello there yet. Like You're I feel right. like he get his he's getting his butt kicked this episode where he's gonna go back and he will become that guy that says hello there, but he's not that guy right now. So that's why I feel like it, it makes sense that he didn't say it. Are we gonna get a good training montage? That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking, Alfie. Are we gonna get like <laughs> I would love a, to like see an A team, like the A team <laughs> where they're building the building the or uh, Rocky. Rocky just trudging through the snow doing pull-ups on wooden oh, yeah. beams. That would be on top of the mountain yelling Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Brent? You brought up something. You were asking, you know, what is it about Vader that got you? For me, the fact that they brought James Earl Jones back to do the voice for Vader in this, it is so good. Like, like my my one of my, my second, third favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One partially because Vader plays a role in that, you know, kind of throughout that movie and no offense to the guy that did the voice for it, but it's, it's just like, you can discern between there, there are a couple like lines of dialogue that he has in that movie where you're just kind of like, this is not the same thing. Like, this is good, but this is, you know, different. This was about a spot on and I get it. Cause it's the guy that did it, but I was like engrossed by what I was watching going like, wow, his dialogue was so good the line where he says um obi-wan goes you know what have you become and he's like i am what you made me like that that stuff is what i'm here for man like i signed up you know i got my vader mug to just watch the continuing unraveling of darth vader i thought that was that was awesome which d doc yeah go for it is james earl jones not just one of these people that we just have to be so thankful that we have been able to witness in our lives what he's done i mean he's mufasa he's darth vader i love him in the sandlot i mean he's just a special person and to be able to have him as part of star wars and to have him still doing it while we're how how old is he now i mean I, he's got to be close to his 90s am i right yeah, pretty old. I'm sure we could look that uh, up. I'm going to have to look it up, but I mean, I, I, I we're just lucky to have him yeah. as a part of this and to be able to still enjoy this voice that, I mean, has been around for 45 years and is still intimidating as hell when you see him. It's just something about him that's just special, and I'm right. just loving it. Disney needs to be paying him to just record lines of dialogue. Just go through the, you know, dictionary word, word after word. <laughs> they just need to record him doing the entire dictionary. That way they can then yeah. uh, splice it put all it together. together. They can splice what, it all together the and whatever. Fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. I, I had not stopped watching this today. I was shocked that Vader came in as soon as he did in this. I, I was in my mind almost convinced that Vader wasn't going to come. Like that you were just going to get teased with like him being assembled or you get the the picture of him in the in the Mustafar castle 
you know, sitting there, but to have him physically come out, draw his lightsaber, go to the planet, hunt down Kenobi. To me, it felt like it was sooner than I expected. Did anybody else feel that? Yeah. They played that card pretty early. Like almost too, what was it too early? Well, I don't kinda... Oh, sorry. Six episodes. We were halfway through, right? If you were watching a movie, yeah. you'd be halfway into it. Yeah, I thought the Inquisitors were just going to go after him some more, though. Like, they're building up this Reva storyline. Yeah. In my mind, it was, like, going to be, like, fall in order. Yeah, where, like the Inquisitors are the, the Team Rocket to Vader. So <laughs> you, you can only go that, that storyline for so long. Yeah, that's fair. To me, though, I was sitting here, and I, I was equal parts excited and equal parts, like, oh, no, we've been waiting for this for so long, and we burned it in episode three and it was awesome and i'm sure we'll get more right because like you said we're seeing the shell of kenobi right now he's not getting his tail whooped in a new hope until he does right. it on purpose so something has to change between now and then you know to make that happen D james earl jones was born january 17th 1931 he's 91 years old Good Lord. And it still sounds yeah. that good. Yeah, it comes it's, in, it's incredible. Did yeah. you guys think Vader moved a little bit faster when he was walking <laughs> as well? When he was walking down the street, do you think his movements looked a little faster? Yeah, Alfie. I thought so too. And I think this also goes back to Rogue One. Is it because he's freshly out of the back to tank? Interesting. Or the actor is just a little more nimble than David Right, Krause. and, the, you know, we've come a long way since 1977. So, you know, some upgrades in special effects and suits and all of that. But I, I would think you could probably explain it away that, you know, he is basically in the back to tank until there's a purpose for him to come out. Maybe his strength wanes the longer he's out of it. Interesting. Brent. But but no, I think we have already talked about that too. That like wasn't he in a back to tank and then he lost all of his force powers, because part of what gives him his powers is the pain and the suffering, right? Because that's what the dark side is, um, and so he gets stronger when he's out longer. Well, so that was one of my questions. When he's walking through the street, is he choking people out and snapping the neck of that kid? Which I hate myself, but I thought it was awesome. I was like, what the heck am I watching right now? Like, this is not awesome, but, like, that's the video from the comics that you get. Like, just, like, looking people, and they're like, you're surrounded. He's like, yeah, surrounded by dead people. And then he kills everybody, and it's awesome. That's such I, an epic comic. Sorry to cut it? you off. Yes. Yeah, the Vader down one's so good. My, my thought was, are you doing this to lure Obi-Wan out, or are you doing this because of exactly what Brent said, that you thrive on, you know, pain and suffering. And so by killing, I am almost mm -hmm. like, um, like super saying myself, you know, to like get ready to go take on Obi-Wan. I think it's the same way as what the Inquisitors were doing when, the, when Reva threw the knife. I think what you were saying was, he was doing it, I think, to try to pull him out because he felt like, how could Obi-Wan set and let this happen? That's kind of my take on it. That's sitting yeah. here thinking about it. That's that's where I would fall on that. With But yeah, him snapping the neck of the kid just for no reason was intense. 
Yeah, I don't actually love that. I want to go on the record and say that I'm not, <laughs> I am I am not pro neck snapping. I just was shocked by it, and it was it was kind of cool. Alfie, okay, uh, I'm just going to mention this. I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but I got to take off anyway. So one last thing about this episode. After watching this, after watching Vader, it was awesome. It is insane to me that you cannot buy a Darth Vader today. <laughs> that is, that's fair. After how awesome that is that you can't get yes. one. Yes. It, it, it just boggles my mind that in these series, there are no products. There's no merchandise. For a Star Wars series that has Darth Vader in it, you cannot buy a Darth Vader figure. And it, I, I don't understand. We're we went talking to, about it. Yeah, we, we went to Target Friday to buy Star Wars figures, my daughter and I. We ended up buying Jurassic Park. You know why? Because there was a big Velociraptor display, and it looked cool. Hmm. Who wants to buy Bad Batch figures two years after the show came out? It's all perspective, though, Alfie, because you could be buying it two years after the show came out, or you could be buying it two months before the new series, before the new season comes out. I'll find yeah. you silver lining, Alfie. I'll find, I, right. I feel for you, brother. But I'm, you're going to want find it. them in their new costume from the second yeah. series. The orange you know, stripe on it. And... There's like 15 black series that go on pre-order tomorrow, and the Darth Vader one doesn't come out until next year. Oh, to, honestly, one, one of the funniest uh, things was I stopped at a Walmart to see if they had anything there. And it was like poetry. I walked into the Star Wars aisle and there is one Walmart employee there with a cart and he is sitting there loading more Grogu stuffed animals. And there was already like three rows of them. And he was sitting there just putting more on it. And I'm just like, don't get me wrong. I love the little green man, but like, that is just like, that is what the star Wars aisle is, is a lot of Grogu and maybe you might find something else. I don't know, but yeah, I, I would love to go buy a freaking Darth Vader figure right now and have it on the shelf as well, but it's where we're Darth at. Vader, the inquisitors, their ship, the purge troopers. I mean, I, I don't understand it. People want to buy it and you refuse to sell it to them. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. Absolutely crazy. Alfie, do you have to go or do you have time for one more one more piece? On I'll here? do one more. Okay. The the part we got to talk about, we went back and forth in the group chat, chat about it. You actually, or it was D-Doc that actually set the still image of it. About a quarter of the way into this episode, they're walking on this planet. Uh, remind me the name of it again. Mapuzo? Yeah, Mapuzo. They're walking on it. It's fun to say. Mapuzo. They're, they're walking Mapuzo. on this planet. Obi-Wan starts hallucinating, or does he? I'm assuming he does. Hallucinates, and he sees a figure in the robe. And Alfie pointed out to the group after still images, and D-Doc actually sent the picture, that this is our first sighting of Hayden Christensen without the Vader getup, looking like he did in Revenge of the Sith. Come on, talk to me about this scene because for me that was like it's six in the morning and I've got my kid on my sh on my chest and I'm pausing and I'm walking over to my TV and I'm staring at it, going, "Is that Hayden Christensen? That's Hayden Christensen. What what's happening right now?" Surely, you were as shocked the first time you saw that. Oh yeah, I mean, you, 
we keep talking about the emotions of this series. We're, we're through Obi Wan. You know, it was emotional enough for him to see Luke, to see Leia. You know, taking care of the children of you know his best friend, and now he's been living with the guilt, the burden of what happened to Anakin. But Anakin's still alive. Now he's found it, and that's just compounding. You know his PTSD that he has. And you know it's only going to get worse in the next few episodes because I don't know. I have a feeling we're going to get some flashbacks eventually, and that's just going to absolutely destroy us to see them, you know, doing whatever, training, fighting in the Clone Wars, something. I thought we were going to get one in that moment when they were talking about, you know, this place was ravaged by the Empire. And Mm -hmm. I, I was waiting for, and we were here together you know, on this planet and we see even just like a quick them looking at each other, but to see him standing there at first, I was like, you know, Joey, uh, asked the question on TikTok, and it's been debunked now, but he asked the question, like, do we think the hooded figure Ben saw then disappeared was Rex, right? Come on. All of our minds were going at some point and going, you know, who the heck is that? Like, what's going on? At first, my thought was, is that the, the Jedi from Dayu that we saw? Uh, or the fake Jedi from Dayu that we saw, or another type of Jedi or something like that, but really something else. More thoughts on that scene or or anything on this episode? Yeah, Brent. I just thought it was the contact, right? Because it was right about the spot where they were supposed to find the contact. So I just thought it was another Jedi that was the contact. And and then I realized it was a, like a vision. It was a, a hallucination. But I thought it was the contact. Yeah, right. D-Dot? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I I actually paused, rewound, and looked at it again in the show, and I was just like, you know, that was like kind of like a little heart stopping moment, and uh, you know, I think it just shows that like you know, Obi Wan knew the good version of Anakin more than he knew the bad version of him, you know, and I think that's why he's seeing these flashes of him, and like, there was just some like freaking props to Hayden Christensen for just standing there and staring and just the way that hood like just the way he was looking at him he looked like he was pissed at him he looked like he's like you failed me i don't know for such a short little clip there's just there's just a lot to that and i mean it hit you it hit you hard when you saw it you know right sam you and i are children of the prequels if you will uh emotion seeing hayden christensen back on screen after man what is it 18 19 years of of not seeing him in star wars it's it's pretty cool like it's i mean it's not i don't know something that i i guess in my time since revenge of the sith ever was like man i want that guy back that <laughs> I, I would be lying if i said that that was like something that you know drove my uh thoughts with with star wars but i mean if you're doing something in this time when they're they're this age and you're going to get these people back together, it's like, how could you not, you know, it's, it was, it's, it's really cool. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they do like flashbacks too of him as like Anakin and not just him as Darth Vader. But yeah, that, that, that shot was awesome. I, that might've been my favorite one of the whole thing. Right. So surreal. Like it like kind of like, focuses on his face and then turns there's all of a sudden this figure there and you're like oh yeah yes it was awesome and he's hallucinating so alfie thank you for for jumping on i know excuse me i'm choking over here 
if I just blew somebody's speakers out in their car. <laughs> um, Alfie, I know that you had to go, but man, thanks for jumping on tonight. And no problem. Making that thanks happen. Thanks for having me. And uh, I will have to listen to this because I really hope you guys bring up Quinlan Voss and talk about that a little bit. Man, we're heading that way. So bummer to All miss right. you, but good to see you, man. All right, you too. Take care. Okay, I'm choking. So somebody else pitch a question for a second. I uh, I have one, um, and it was one of uh, our guys on TikTok, uh, Bite Size Bricks. He's a uh, Lego page on TikTok. Definitely an awesome page. Um, he had brought up um, about Obi-Wan Kenobi talking about the fact that he thinks he remembers having a uh, baby brother. And that's like a loaded... Uh, that's like a loaded line in the show there. You know, his exact question was, do you think the fact that Obi-Wan had a brother highlights his feelings of failure towards Anakin, such a small detail, but it reveals a lot about how he feels. So, you know, he can kind of remember his brother, but he looked at Anakin in that way. So what do you think about that? So <laughs> I'm going to go, cause I remember, and this blew me away when I heard it, Alfie just jumped off. He would be able to support this and Joe, would be able to support this. There is an old novel or comic that Obi-Wan's brother is Owen Lars. And that he was yes. actually, that he was actually <clears throat> a Lars that got taken when he was young and that Tatooine is his home and that Owen was his brother. Um, so if the person who wrote that question, probably if he's listening, say, uh, that may blow that, that person away because I hadn't heard it until, I don't know, maybe three or four months ago when Alfie and Joe were talking about it. But that's crazy yeah. to think that that might be a reference to them coming back and trying to pull something from Legends in, like we said, like trying to make things a little bit more and pull like the best of. Yeah, maybe. You, you've you ruined me though, Brent, because uh, I'm like now I see things through the lens of, wow, that's convenient. Like that'd be, that would be the most, we've got a whole galaxy's worth of people, right? And mm -hmm. we're going to make, that would be cool. But the other part of it would be like, you know, I, I want some new in that. I think that's such an interest. That was such a funky part of this episode for me where it's like, I, I, I would love to see, you know, something that, and maybe we'll see it in this tales of the Jedi when Ahsoka's being taken, like, how old are they really when they're being taken? Like, cause the whole thing in the prequels was like, you're not getting taken past a certain age. Otherwise it's almost impossible to train you, but you're old enough that you remember some things, you know, I don't remember what my first conscious memory was, but it wasn't going to be my dad's hands, you know? So I, I thought it was cool, but I also was like, huh? Like what the, like, like, like D-Doc, what did you think about? What do you think about that? I heard that line and I was like, this is not something that they put in the show as a throwaway, throwaway line for no reason. And then it got me compounding because, um, you know, Yoda had told uh, Obi-Wan to bring Luke to his family on Tatooine. Now, like, what is the Lars relation to Luke Skywalker for, for Owen to be his family to take care of him would that make obi-wan technically part of the skywalker family am i going down too deep of a wormhole here no but anakin's mom was married to clee right so it, it's a stepbrother i guess stumpy, yeah the original stumpy <laughs> see 
see like i'm telling you right now my brain was turning into mush and now you just literally like i start i was get i was confusing myself i'm like wait a second the lars like i was totally confusing myself okay so step family okay so but but it's the closest to family i guess and i think that's what they were going with with that line that's the closest to family and he's out of the way and no one would go to tatooine hmm. i thought when this when this line came up that maybe we were gonna i know we've talked before about are there going to be any references to like duchess or anything like that in this <laughs> when when she says are you my father like my real father and he looks at her and he says i wish i could tell you that, that was true like how much pain regret what could have been is swirling up inside of obi-wan that to, to say something like that like i wish that i was but like on the other side what kind of emotional intelligence does a 10 year old have to look at a man that she's just met and have that emotional conversation between the two of them and then say, are you really my father? Like the emotional intelligence that she is showing makes her that strong Leia that we see. Like, I mean, it's, it, it is a very good characterization of a young Leia. Like that's the way, like what you're saying. I feel like she on the other end, the way it's written, the way that's acted, the way that it's portrayed is phenomenal it's almost like she's force sensitive you would think you would Possibly. think you know. <laughs> sam i know you haven't you've been on for the for the other two i actually haven't been on for the other two either but i'm curious for you this arc of leia coming in and and watching you know her character kind of be what it is in the in this series was that surprising to you was that something that caught you off guard have you enjoyed that like like t- tell me about that it caught me. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised at this point. You know, we the Star Wars universe loves to just tie everybody in. Like I said, it's, it's convenient that the quintillions of people in the galaxy that you know it's kind of the same. Like fifteen share the share the same adventures. Uh, but that being said, I I loved it. I've been loving it so far. I was pleasantly surprised. Didn't see it coming at all. Um, kind of figured it'd have to do something with him being on Tatooine and, and Luke more than anything else. But uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, yeah, like you said, I think that's a cool characterization. I think it's been a great characterization of Leia. I think that really uh, speaks a lot to her and kind of when she comes in, in in a new hope, how like headstrong she is. I mean, seeing already uh, even just her, her realization of who she is within her own family. Um, and I'm just a sucker for like, old man you know shepherds young you know girl through adventure to try to get her home stories like logan you know like stuff like that it's just uh always good always a good time d doc you've ruined it for me now i can't unsee hugh jackman when i look at <laughs> you and mcgregor running around in the desert saving people and man that's crazy i only have one other one to hit on brent go for it I was just going to say, I really like the allegory of the Underground Railroad um, to basically what was going on. Like, this is exactly kind of the same kind of concept of the Underground Railroad. Um, And to bring back what Alfie was saying, while they're at one stop at the Underground Railroad, they they look on the wall and they see the name of a of a, of a Jedi that, that uh, Obi-Wan knows pretty well if you've read the Dark Disciple books and gave him a secret mission to go work with uh, his Ventress and they have a spark up a love interest. But Quinlan Voss was named. So 
is Quinlan Voss just another stop on the Underground Railroad, which we may see in this episode? Or is he just kind of a throwaway nugget for those fan service moments? Mm. T-Doc. I do think uh, I do think he's going to be a character in the show. Uh, I, 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 I know there's one famous actor who's in this show who has not yet been in it. I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't say like the most known actor, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to spoil because I really don't look into that stuff, but I just think he's going to be in it because there's someone out there who's yet to appear, I'll say. Mm. Ooh. I know Ice Cube's son is in the show. I thought I you were about to name. say Ice Cube's in this show. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't. I can't remember his name. He I, is. Uh, <laughs> I he's killing can't remember it. his name either, but I don't know if he quite matches my view, vision of Quinlan. Like, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. We'll see. I think he will be though. I I, I caught that line and. These lines are not being put in this show for no reason. I think they're building something here. And I mean, we have three more episodes. I think he needs to find, I think Obi-Wan needs to find that one Jedi who is being a Jedi again out there and, and fighting this fight and saying, you know, we haven't lost. We can, we can move underground. We can find ways to survive. Like he just has that we lost mentality. I think he just needs someone for inspiration as someone who always played the role of being that guy who was the inspiration. Right. I think he needs it still. I mean, I think he's finding that in Leia, but I think he needs to find another Jedi to kind of be like, you know, get your head out of your ass. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> is that, is that Quinlan Voss though? That would do that? Like, I don't know. When we finish dark disciple, he's like, great. Right. Like he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. go back to like he's kind of yeah, the jedi are awesome it's well i mean what they the hell did i just go through they sent him on an assassination mission right like so i mean yeah. he he definitely was not something i think he became jaded just like ahsoka became jaded with uh with it i'm not sure if he left or not i can't remember the book but like i think he's got reason to leave if he wanted to right right yeah the quinlan boss for me that was that was like the coolest like what did he just say quinlan like that's that's awesome. And I do hope that he shows up, but at the same point, I wouldn't be surprised if it is just Brett to your point, something that they scratched on a wall that, you know, it, it, I don't know, it, it would be really cool, especially with Leia being taken by Reva, you know, is there some sort of, you know, tag team, they come, we get the gang back together, you know, and we go after and, and catch them. My last point that I'm going to bring up, and you just said captured by Reva, so it segues into this point. Don't you think they moved a little fast, both Vader and Reva and the um, Imperial officer? Um, there, was, there were like side tunnels or something that was going on, because how does Reva get past Leia? But prior to that, like how Obi-Wan takes off running the other direction, how does Vader come around the sand dune and spark his lightsaber because Obi-Wan was running a different direction? So Magnus. there was there, there's a there's a little bit of there's a little bit of speed uh, continuity issues. Again, I'm not I'm not bashing it, but anybody else kind of find that to be a little how did Reva get there so quickly? She was ahead of him. 
like ahead of Leia when Leia got there. You're yeah. right. Force speed. Yeah, but wouldn't Leia <laughs> wouldn't Leia feel a brush past her? Yeah, so, that's but, true. She went into the same entrance of the tunnel. Yes, my, inside, my, yeah. my, Maggie, my wife asked me the same thing. She's like, how did she get there? And my only thought was like, the tunnel had to go to like the spaceport. There's only probably one spaceport, right? So maybe she just went there and happenstance. It the was... world between worlds. This is our <laughs> tie-in. <laughs> I just wanted to see Brent die a little bit inside. No, you bring up a good point though. And my only... I, I, I'm so in on the show. I love it. My only beef has been the two escapes that we've seen now. One on Dayu where they get on the transport ship and they leave. The other now with them getting away from Vader in the fire. Um, I feel like they've both been a little weak or chintzy <laughs> or just kind of like, dang, they got away. I guess we'll go get them again. You know, like... <laughs> Like I don't 80s think that's sitcomish. stopping Vader. Yeah, you know, like if <laughs> if you can move as fast as you can, like you you extinguished the fire a few minutes ago so that the stormtroopers <laughs> right. could walk through. <laughs> right. He he lit it on fire and then he put it put it down, and then fire comes back. He couldn't just put it down again and walk over it. Yeah, I will say well, that the imagery of that shot of uh, was, oh, was worth it right there. Of oh my god, Vader again looking through the flames. Through the flames. One. Oh. Don't don't forget earlier in the episode, Obi Wan was looking at a laser gate that he decided to shoot it on rather than just walk around the other <laughs> side. Of it. <laughs> gate. How about that stormtrooper getting cut in half on that too? When the stormtrooper fell on that, that was like I was like grizzly. Damn. Yeah, grizzly. Well, hey, we we've been going for a while. I, I have one more question, and this is projecting to the future of where we're going. We've seen three episodes now where. Obi-Wan has been trying to talk to Qui-Gon and he's not heard <laughs> anything. Surely we're going to see or hear Liam Neeson at some point, right? You say no. I don't I don't think so. I mean everyone here's one of those things. Everyone's expecting it, right? And I when I was on with uh, Duchess, I asked, how angry will people be if they don't get it? And we're getting the third episode, and I guarantee you, if you listen to other podcasts, if you look at the social media, there's a lot of people that are saying, where's Qui-Gon? Where's Qui-Gon? Why can't he talk to Qui-Gon? Right? Like, it'll come. I think it might come, again, when he becomes, hello there, that's when he's going to commune with Qui-Gon. And I don't know if it's going to take Qui-Gon mm. talking to him or him, whatever, maybe Quinlan Voss kicking him in the pants and getting him back into the obi-wan that we know but right now he's not that guy and no it makes sense that he hasn't he can't commune with him because he's not really practiced mm -hmm. i just don't think it'll happen and i'm waiting for the meltdown if it doesn't i oh, want it so bad <laughs> i really do <laughs> the meltdown or you want him to actually see it no, I'm waiting for the meltdown of the fan community that it doesn't happen because Liam doesn't want to do it. Twitter is going to light itself on fire. What do you mean Liam doesn't want to do it? Liam was back for the Clone Wars. I, I look, and he's also supposed to be voicing a character in one of the ones that they talked about in Celebration. Like him and his son are voicing, uh, it's one of the stories, I think it's the Ahsoka story, or it's based on him as a kid. Oh, the Tales of a Jedi. Um, him and it. Yeah, him, like Liam Neeson and Liam Neeson's son are playing the voice of Qui-Gon in that series. But 
I mean, I'm sure he'll be there, but I just, I'm waiting for the Twitter meltdown. Like that, like there might be some joy in my heart for that. If that happens. You, some men just want to watch the world burn. And that <laughs> is you. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Fred Diamond. Michael Caine and uh, Michael Caine in uh, the dark Knight. Some people yeah. just want to watch the world burn. That's, that's Brent good. right now. Uh, yeah. That's Brent eating popcorn, watching the flames erupt mm. and the hate just spew all over mm. the place. Sam, were you going to say something? Maybe. Now I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, no, was, worries. no worries. I haven't slept very much. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm new to this. You're on borrowed time right now. I'm, I'm doing like three hours, four hours a night. We're, when Maggie we're comes down in six hours and says, are you still on the podcast? Just leave your headphones yeah. on and she'll still think that you're talking <laughs> and going on. But guys, we've, we've gone for a long time. It's getting late, but I'm curious. Final thoughts as we go around another great episode, but, but D-Doc, you want to hit us up? Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying the show. Um, I, I'm really enjoying everybody who's in it. Uh, if there's ever been a time I hated Twitter or anything more, it's right now. So, I mean, uh, I'm going to double off what Brent said. There's a lot of nasty stuff going on out there. And it just uh, set, makes me sad because Star Wars is what makes me happy. So, you know, as Ewan McGregor said, we disassociate with that crap. Twitter is toxic right now and I'm not enjoying it. It's the first time I've ever wanted to like consider just being like, I don't even want to be on there, but I make my plumbing stuff and I like to talk Star Wars on there, but believe it or not, there's people complaining that Darth Vader was not ruthless enough in that episode. If you think about all the stuff that we talked about. So I, I don't bad know for saying I like the next snap. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> you animals. I think, I, I think people are nitpicking just to piss people off. And uh, that's right. why I take it with a grain of salt, but you know, I'm not letting it, I, I'm really zoning out negative energy. I'm really enjoying the show. I mean, this is a childhood thing, same as you guys. I mean, I'm a kid of the prequels and I mean, I'm just still pinching myself that we're seeing you and McGregor in new Obi-Wan Kenobi content on the screen. I'm going to enjoy the, I'm going to enjoy this time while we have it. I'm not going to nitpick. I'm just going to enjoy it. That's good. Brett, final thoughts. Um, my final thoughts are very similar to the way that I felt when Moff Gideon took baby Grogu. How the hell are we going to get Leia back? And you better not touch a hair on that child's head. Because right now I'm kind of like, I think she's become the baby Grogu, the mm. baby Leia show. I think I saw a meme that was somebody created a meme and it was like uh, Obi-Wan. And it was like him and her. And it was like, Obi, she said Juan. Kenobi and then it was like the show and he she said the baby Leia show right like <laughs> it's becoming the baby Leia show and I, you better not harm a hair on her head I want to know how they get her back and that's kind of where I'll leave it my last thought that's good Sam they Wednesday can't come soon enough I I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that she would make it home in this episode baby Leia and then we could like be like hey thanks for setting this up Go be safe. Uh, now I'm going to be stressed next week, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, just loving it so far. Excited to, yeah. excited to get a little bit more uh, to, to, to pack on one more complaint. I hope, I hope they release this show on like Blu-ray someday since they don't seem to do that with shows anymore. Oh, specifically Disney, not anybody else. Other people still do, but again, free money, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why, why would you want that you heard it here first disney 
Quit being because so you selfish could, and put this out on Blu-ray. Because yeah. you could cancel your Disney Plus subscription if you have it on Blu-ray. You're not going to do but that. But I wouldn't. There's new stuff coming out. Believe me, I could. the general public probably won't, but I can guarantee you the people are thinking, uh, yeah, I true. would rather get your $4 a month than your $24 one time. That's true. I know Joe wants that last season of Clone Wars very oh, badly same. to put on his shelf. So Just so he can look at it and just yep. leave it there and <laughs> dig his Blu-ray player out someday. Guys, as we, as we wrap this up, I, I watched an interview today with Ewan McGregor at celebration where he was talking about uh he he said something to the effect of if they had asked us to make this show back in like 2005 when revenge of the sith came out i would have said no because of how uh and i think it ties into what you guys are talking about too but from the critics response to the prequels he was like i it was just toxic and i just i didn't really want it he said it was disappointing you know, to see how it got his words were to get poo pooed on, you know, for and he said, watching over all these years, the buildup of love in this community for these characters, I think Hayden Christensen's actually an even better example of, you know, I, I was referring to him the other day to my dad as like the prodigal son is back, you know, of Star Wars, and he's being welcomed back in. He's at a celebration saying, you know, this is where the fun begins. Uh, and the whole arena loses its mind. To me, it's like uh, a piece of my childhood is back and it's beautiful and awesome. And all those people on Twitter could suck eggs because it freaking rocks and is great. So guys, thank you for another great show tonight. Thank you to everyone who listened tonight and uh, put up with the hosting that happened tonight. Uh, appreciate you guys. If you don't follow us already on Twitter, follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW. We're on Facebook at Rule the Galaxy. So make sure you tell your mom to go follow us on Facebook there. Uh, we are, if you have any questions or you say, hey, we want to talk, I'd love it if you talk more about this or stop talking about this, you can email us at Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. And for now, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to us. May the force be with you. Thank you.